Damon. What's up? What's up, man? Welcome. How are you, bro? I'm blessed, man. Alive and well, man. Life is great. I can't complain, man. You know? Beautiful. Well, we're just so excited to uh, continue this thread of us just speaking with artists and music creators in this space, songwriters, and just learning more about their journey, their story, um, and what they're looking forward to. So let, let's start up first, man. How'd you get into music? How'd you get the music bug? What was that like for you? How did that start? And how's it taking it to where you're at right now? Uh, what's crazy is somebody lied to me back when I was eight years old. Um, I did it. I was a, I was always a a kid that was really uh, fantasized about, you know, just the entertainment aspect. I always loved the music. Um, it's crazy how, you know, God works. He actually, my sister would give me like bootleg mixtapes from 50 Cent and like, yeah, just, you know, every time something came out, it was a DJ named P Cutter. He used to drop uh, this joint called Street Wars. So I used to go get him every week because Nas and Jay-Z was dissing each other. It was just, a hip hop thing. Um, what year was this? Oh man, this was probably this had to be like ninety eight, ninety nine ish, ninety seven, in like around the nineties. I started rapping at eight years old, so I was right ninety eight because I remember that Ja Rule, um, DMX, and Jay Z. They were all like on the cover of Double XL. My sister actually bought that. Um, but I really got the real bug for it. Um, my uh, my neighbor at the time, she lived above me. She uh, actually, she pretty much like lied to me. Her boyfriend was like one of the hottest rappers in, in Baltimore. So he was really pretty much like, they would do this thing over the phone where it would be a rapper from one side of the city and another rapper and they would battle and he would win every week. Really? Yeah, he would win every week. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he would win every week. So this particular time, she's like, well, my boyfriend just signed a deal with Def Jam. <laughs> if y'all write a rap, he'll sign y'all too. So me and my homie, God rest his soul, his name is actually tattooed on my arm. Rest in peace to Eastside. Um, we sat at his mother kitchen table when we wrote our first rap. The next week, his mom put us in a talent show. Um, and from there, I, I remember hopping off the stage and... Woo! I said, man, this is what I want to do. And ever since yeah. then, it, it's been rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So, you had a glimpse of it and you were. You were yeah, I did. I was able to, I was able to soak up um, what it meant to be an artist, what it meant to be like a, you know, somebody that, that's breaking the mold, that's breaking the curses and the, and the things that's been going on and not only in my family, but in just the environment where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Like, always wanted to be the difference. Even as a youngin, I would I would be a part of like writing camps and stuff like that. I I wrote a book back when I was in the seventh grade. Um, we toured the nation. We talked to different gangs. We united gangs in Chicago, and really? we did a lot of things. I started a youth organization called Beats Not Bullets. Um, and from there, I took off making my career. You know. So tell us a bit about Baltimore growing up. What was that like? What were some of the challenges? Baltimore is Baltimore is one of the realest cities. In the world, in America, is number two um, on the most dangerous cities in the, in the U.S. I think it's in the, it's number two. Um, yeah, and it's it's a place that taught me everything I know. I'll never, you know, I I, I wouldn't want to be born anywhere else. Um, I faced a lot of hardship growing up. My mom was shot seven times, stabbed five times. She survived. She lived. 
Um, my dad got killed when I was three years old. Oh, really? So I really didn't have too much guidance growing up. And I believe that um, the higher power, he he wanted me to have something to latch on to. And I believe that music was. I dibbled and dabbled in the streets a little bit, but that really won my life. I always felt like I was poisoned in the neighborhood, something that I, I really wanted to be better at and do better at. And I felt like, you know, that was kind of counterproductive on my end, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be the difference and show kids, like, hey, you could come from the streets. You could be a gangbanger or sell drugs, and one day you could decide to change your life. You know what I'm saying? You could change your life if you decide to do that. And music gave me, um, it was an incentive to do something great with my life. And once I found out I could make music from it, I mean, make money from it, it was crazy. I started battling. I would be in high school battling for thousands of dollars. Or being um, who was writing these yeah. tracks? Yeah, yeah. I wish I could um find some of the footage, but a lot of it got tangled up in um. This they had a big um federal case called the Stop Snitching case, where they had this thing called Stop Snitching, and they would be on there calling out people that was in the paperwork, and they would be talking about who told and who said what, and in yeah, between the in between that, it would be battles between certain artists, so it's they. The feds confiscated all that footage and, you know, it just, and then my best friend got killed in 2019. Um, I mean, 2009, um, he got killed in 2009 and it's from there, it's just like everything just, I just fell out of my, you know, I, I lost it. But my daughter was born 2016, I mean, 2010, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. My daughter was born and it gave me a whole new perspective on life. I got a job. Um, only had two jobs in my life. You know what I'm saying? I really tried to do that, but music kept calling me. Um, but the violence in my city is something that's subsiding. But yeah. it made me the man who I am. Um, it taught me resilience. It taught me to struggle. It taught me to hustle. And, you know, it's been great. Since I moved down to Atlanta, I basically utilized the tactics that I learned from home. And I've been doing great. You know, it's been a struggle, but, you know, God been keeping me safe. Talk to me, Roy. What's up, man? We got me on this platform. Yeah. Hit Piece is amazing. You know, talk to me. What's up? Well, I just, I took this time just to learn about artists. This is what I love hearing about. To me, this is an utter privilege just to hear people's yeah. backgrounds and their stories. And I think it's inspiring for the next generation to hear where these current artists and songwriters, where they came from, right? So, yeah. um, like, where did you get your first check from music? My first check for music. Wow, these questions are amazing. Nobody ever asked me this. Um, I believe my first check that really came from music that like is it is it cash? You gotta be like, you know what I mean? Like, was it just my first big check? Dude, or dude, like, what do you think, man? Like your first like like cool like I actually made something from this art. Oh, my first stuff. time I ever actually made a couple of dollars off of like real like signing a deal or or getting in a situation with music. It had to be my man Tony Austin. Shout out to Tony Austin. He's the cousin of Kevin Lyles from um, Three Hundred. Um, Kevin Lyles, my dog too. Shout out to Kev. Shout out to everybody over there. Three Hundred Legend. Celine, all of my guys over there. Um. Yeah, that was the first time, and I ain't, I ain't signed no, I ain't, I don't think I signed no paperwork or nothing. Um, he gave me five hundred dollars, and we did a little mixtape, 
Cool. And from there, it, it, it started spiraling. And then, bro, I ended up at the BET Awards. Like, I'm in the damn BET Awards. Wait, wait, so the next, this was 2000 and, <laughs> bro, it was two, I think it was 2016. Okay. It was 20, it had to be 2016. Yeah. Um, And I got the chance to, yo, I got a chance to really see what it was like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I got a chance to soak it up. So that's how I got my my first check. Um, but my first way it really, really hit me for real, for real, when I when I had a situation with an indie label where we partnered, I was the main artist and you know, but you know, it's been a it's been a journey. It's been a journey. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot that I could teach people. It's a lot um when you do get it, I had to learn the 10% rule, put 10% that you earn, put that 10% to the side. You know, <laughs> that's something I had to learn. Um, I'm still focusing on that today, trying yeah. not to look at my 10 percent like, ah, yeah. you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's it's a journey, bro. <laughs> I can't lie to you, bro. For real. So where do you feel like, like, what have you been doing for the last couple of years? And where do you feel like the next steps are where you are right now in your journey? Um, For me. To be quite honest, I've been I've been just being a father. I took I feel like I took four or five years you and me of both. just straight music, going hard, being an artist, yeah. in and out of town, not seeing my daughter. And that could be very strenuous on your relationship with your children. And you have to um make that a priority just as much as, you know, everything else is, if not more. Um I didn't have my father growing up. Um, he, he wasn't even at work. He got killed when I was three years old. So I really never had a real conversation with him. You know, it's like last night I had a conversation with my daughter um, about life and death. And she was asking me questions, you know, certain things I had to answer. Like, wow, this is amazing. I'm actually having a conversation with my child. But um, I've, been, I've been, a, been a father, been doing a lot of songwriting, working on a lot of um, projects with different labels, different companies building my relationships with producers, A&Rs. Also, I've been working on a movie. It's called Eddie. It's a five-part series. Um, and it, it, it talks about the, the, a young rapper uh, getting himself in some trouble, trying to rob a bank, and one of his, his friends get killed throughout the process along with a security guard. And the rapper has to flee to Miami and blah, blah, blah. We ain't going to give y'all too much because we want to make sure it makes sense to to the to the uh, listener, but for the most part, I've just been growing spiritually, mentally, preparing myself for this next level that God is um, presenting to me right now. So I don't want to be laxy daisy. I want to be more focused on um, being a businessman, being better with my finances, being better with reading my books, and you know, just being a better person all in general. Like sometimes this business can make you jaded mm -hmm. and um and make you very like you know unapproachable and don't want to deal with people on a regular basis but understand i don't want people to dictate my energy because that means they control me and i'm in control of my everything that's around me so i've been just focusing on my energy um doing a lot of soul searching healing um learning about myself and that's it just doing a lot of inner work i feel like i, I mastered the music part of everything already like it's just time to do the inner work as me and Time to time to time to just just heal and stop holding so much baggage because I can't catch blessings like that and I learned that so that's it just developing a new way to to be successful and be an entrepreneur that's that's the, that's the, that's it you know tell us about some of the artists you've had the privilege to work with either as a songwriter or a collaborator K 
countless amounts of artists, but we're going to start with the people, you know, that's familiar. Um, I work with, I'm going to start with the legends just to give them, you know, some, some kudos for what they have ushered in the game for us to do. Um, I work with Jada Kiss. I work with Bun B, um, DJ Class. I work with, uh, who else I work with? Man, it's a lot. Uh, man, uh, Corey Moe, which is Pepsi's engineer. We got a lot of records together. He produces well. Um, Young Thug, Moneybag Yo, TK Kravitz, Young Scooter. Man, it's a it's a long list of so many artists, but I'm actually around them and I'm in the studio with them. I'm not like, like, send them the verse. You know, I'm actually having a conversation with them, talking to them, seeing them, how their mannerisms are, how they work. One of the coolest people I've ever met to be honest, was Young Thug, like, and Jada, Jada Kiss. Thug was just over-the-top um, humble, like, just extremely humble, extremely respectful. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, the people that we had, you know, that put the link together, but dude was just super, super humble and super, super, like, Cool. We sat down, broke down this, uh, the treatment to the video together, like sitting next to each other, talking about what we're going to do in the next scene and, you know, how long I've been rapping. And, you know, he, he told other people that was around to hop in the video. My man Casino hopped in the video. That's Future Brother. You know, it's just so much stuff. Just, yeah, that was love. And um, it's just so much stuff that transpired when it's like your pull-up game got to be strong. And I had to learn that, like, I was. I don't care if I'm in the bed with my girl or I'm. You know, only thing I would try to stop and you know stop music for was like for my spirituality time or like real family time. But if I'm chick, kept chicken it with like kick, kicking it with a chick or something like, and somebody called me about a deal or hitting me to pull up, like I'm pulling up. Like I don't care. Like that's the point because you don't get certain opportunities that can push you forward. And I learned like you don't want to miss out on those opportunities. I don't, I don't like missing opportunities. It, it really builds anxiety in me. <laughs> yeah, showing up is half the battle, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like showing up, just taking those opportunities. That's really it, though. Like, everything is just showing up. Like, the, it presented yourself. So just go. Like, it's, it's not for your loot. It's for your best. So just go. Like, me not showing up, it's like showing that I don't care about all the things that I'm praying for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, you know. We all have friends who are incredible artists, right? And I think yeah. in particular, and an agent took a risk for him and gave him an opening slot at a music festival. Oh, wow. And the artist's response was, oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's never going to happen again. Like, your odds of success and having the people around you work for you, um, they're not going to take those risks again for you. you no, know? they're not. You're never going to be reliable. You're not because and your face on the line. Yeah, you, you don't want to I mean? say like, yo, you're 24, career's <laughs> over. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's like, yo, like you got to take those opportunities when they come or you're going to get stuck at a plateau, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What were some of the opportunities that you felt like you didn't know what, it, maybe you showed up and you didn't know what it was going to be, but it ended up being something, a much bigger opportunity. Yeah. I would say moving to Atlanta. Yeah. That was the biggest opportunity in my life because it was presented at a time where I was at the height of my career in my city and my region. 
Um, I could have stayed and just felt like the big fish in the small pond, but I felt like initially I was going to hit a ceiling and I didn't want to burn out that way. I didn't, I couldn't figure out what was, um, my niche after music yet. I wasn't there. Um, I just knew that my peers weren't in Baltimore. I knew I had to get closer to the money. I had to get closer to people who would actually hear me. You know, um, that was the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. Cause I moved down. I had $500. I was in my infinity at the time. Um, and I packed all my bags and it's like all the stuff that was happening before that, like a breakup, found out my girl's cheating. You feel me? Break. I'm like, yo, what the hell? How am I going? I'm, I'm the hottest rapper in the city. I'm, 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 I'm the man in the city, but like this person does things. We're not going to go too deep in it, but at the end of the day, it transpired. And it's like, I was dealing with that. My homeboys getting locked up, getting killed. I'm, I'm, I'm defending myself in certain situations. So it was just like, in a sense, the person that was running in this situation or that, you know, we, we had a partnership where he thought it would be best for me to just cool out in the city and chill. I'm like, man, I need to go somewhere where I can spread my wings. I can't spread my wings here. So initially, Atlanta was the spot. When I got here the first week, I worked with Zay Tobin, London on the track. Zay. Um, Man, who else I worked with? Uh, Talk about a guy. Talk about like an incredible songwriter. Yeah, Yeah, it was crazy. They work, put together a beat. Oh, my God. (laughs) That makes you laugh because you're like, dude, how does someone do this? Like, how does someone just, it just comes out of their brain? Yo, dude is amazing. He's a genius. Like straight up genius. But you know, they try to give you they try to play you sometimes when they don't really know you, don't they don't see how serious you are. Man, I had Zay skipping through all the packs. I'm like, bro, I need them beats. Like go through the go I need that shit. Go excuse me. I, I need that. I don't know where y'all putting this, but I need that um I need that I need that A1. I don't want nothing. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. And he did that. He gave yeah. he gave me a record. We did a record. Um, shout out to my man Fat Trail, Free Fat Trail, DC's own. That's my brother. Um, but yeah, these are these are all like real, real, real genuine people that helped me along the way since I've been in Atlanta. And I, I this like home. This is literally home. Like I've never felt so close to my dream. Like I can literally taste it. You know what I mean? Like I can taste it. It's just about creating the right at the right um partnerships and creating the right relationships and the right deals. And that's just where I'm at already right now. So describe your creative process a bit. Like, how do you go about songwriting? Is there one way you do it? Is there all sorts of ways you go about it? Like, what's what's the process like for you? Um, It's an easy process because I love music. Well, first of all, I have to understand who I'm working with. So, for hence, we're working with Rory. I would try to dig in and have a real deep conversation with you. I would try to um, see what you like. What you like to eat? As simple as that. What do you like to eat? Because they tell me a lot about you. Indian tell food. me, huh? Indian food. So you like Indian food? That means you're multicultural. You like to travel. You like to see different things. Um, you know, you like to try new things. So when I'm incorporating that to, into the music, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna try new sounds. I'm gonna try new melodies. I'm gonna try this because I know you're open to your your, your palate is different. You're not really like chicken fingers and french fries type of guy, like all the time. You know, and that's cool, but you're a guy that, hey, 
I want to try some lo mein with peanut sauce and I want to do this. I want to I want to try snail and I want to, you know what I'm saying? If you if your mind can stretch that far, like I can stretch that far, I would want to know a little bit more about your background, where you come from. Um, it gets a little personal because I'm I'm tapping into certain things. If we going to do a whole project together, I need to know some of your traumas. I need to understand what makes you tick. What made you angry last week? I'll have a real conversation with an artist and we'll be talking for two, three weeks. And then next when we in the studio, I'm talking about everything they just went through. They didn't even know that that was a form of therapy. So they sitting here having a conversation with me and not knowing that mentally I'm taking notes as I'm as I'm smoking, vibing, chilling, taking my, you know, my relaxation time. I'm taking all of that in like a sponge. My subconscious is eating that up. So when it's time to regurgitate that information, I can quickly do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's I really like to be by myself in a setting and my and certain A&Rs get upset because they want me to work with other writers and just like, but my creative process don't flow like that. I just it just flows when I'm um when I'm in that zone. Now if the person that's coming in working with me, he's not in that energy, that mindset, it's never gonna work because my 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 uh my mindset and the way I'm thinking and my chakras is like to the roof. Like I'm really in my highest form when I'm in the studio. That is Damon Blue. Like you will see the magic in me in this studio. That's my creative process. That's the number one thing. And um, also great music, like great beats. Like whoever I'm working with, they have to be the shit. They have to be some of the best in the game and that's what i've been working with just off of pure talent and relationships you know what i mean and also we got to have good herbs that's flowing that's that's fired up inside the program so it has to be good herbs in the in the situation but other than that i love music so it's not a job i mean people be like yo i gotta go to work i'm in the studio hours y'all stressed out ah. me i love it book yeah. the studio out 10 hours we got yeah. food we got the chef Let's do it. This is me. This is where I want to be. You know what I mean? So what was some of the best? That's awesome. I love that. What were some of the best piece of advice you got uh, coming up that really sticks with you and feel like you still has an impact with you? Um, I said it early. Um, save 10% of everything you earn. Yeah. That was one of the best advice that I've ever received. And also um, preparation plus opportunity equals success. So all the time that I've been spending around, sitting, chilling, taking time, I used to get so frustrated. But um, I realized that was just preparatory things. It was just getting me ready for the next level. Every time I got to the next, every time something, I was up, up here and I came down to like this middle level, this middle ground, I had grounds to think like, oh, I've been here before. Cool. So I, I remember I had to turn this door over here, push that button. Push yeah. that key, come out of it. That's how. That's how. That's how I'm maturing. So that's the best advice I received. It was nothing about music. It was just about making me a better man. Like at the end of the day, music is one part of me, but I just want to be a better man. I want to be yeah. a better person for society. Like I don't want everybody to look. Yeah. I'm a black man. I don't want everybody to look like I'm dangerous. I'm angry. I'm stressed. I'm. I'm really enjoying life. I'm really happy. I'm really seeking something bigger than me so nobody ever understands my vision i'm always the, you know how they got that one friend is just like so super optimi optimistic like that's me like dude we're gonna do it we're gonna i'm super ecstatic 
I'm super like, I have so much enthusiasm. Um, and the word enthusiasm in the beginning is ethos. And ethos means the God within. So if I know that I have the God within me and I'm enthusiastic about it, I have to continuously keep my vibrations high so I can ex- expand on the things I'm trying to do. Books, 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 books. Nice. Stacey Grow Rich, um, Earl Nightingale, um, 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 man, Robert Green. Man, there's countless of books. I wish I could go to my library real quick. But I got so much, so many books that just inspire my mind. Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of um, Highly Effective People. Man, there's so many things I can tell you about. But books and and having like a lot of OGs around me that tell me like, show that you tripped. Preparation plus opportunity equals success. Be prepared for the opportunity so you can be successful. I learned that also by um, watching Warren Buffett. And he talks about like, Keeping, keeping, saving your money so it can save you. And certain times when you, when you got your bag up, no investments might not show up at that time. Certain things might not show up that you, that you, that you really ready for. But in the event that you, that a, that a, uh, opportunity comes, you want to be ready to snap, jump on it. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's like, I'll be eager when I'm pushing people to, uh, pit, to hit piece because it's like, dude, this is this is one of them. Like this is one of them places. Like, dude, get on now, because I don't know where this is gonna happen. I don't know where this is gonna transpire. But that 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 is one of those places where, you know, I, I hey man, I see what's going on. I want to be a part of it, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? But those are two most. I, I know I kind of went all over the place, but good, man. the two most things is. Uh, preparation plus opportunity equals success and uh, save 10% of everything you earn. Those are the two most important things I've ever learned thus far. Love it. What were the, what were the last five songs you played on your phone? Oh, man. Oh, man. The last five songs I played, it would be Future uh, 712. It would be Hall and Oats. I can't go for that. Um, I'm just thinking off the top. What's that song? And you didn't have to shoot me alone. This ain't your numbers and your numbers and I change your numbers. And I don't even need that though. This ain't just somebody that I used to know. Yo, that song fire. I forget the name of it, but uh, that's three. Um, I've been playing a little dirt, smoking, drinking, and uh, let's go, Che. And uh, I was uh, Anita Baker. Oh, that's awesome, sweet love. I love the diversity, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love mixing up. I mean, I feel like all day at the office, I'm listening to a lot of modern hip hop. But as soon as I'm in a car with my wife, she's just blasting country radio because we got kids Ooh. in the car and we got to keep it safe, you know? Yeah. And it's funny. I just love it all. As a kid, I, I, I never understood people that loved everything. I, yeah. I was deep in the punk rock and, and some sort of underground hip hop a bit. But yeah. as you get older, you start to appreciate different forms of music for all sorts of different reasons. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Your palate changes as you grow older, too. You become. 
Because I remember listening to Reasonable Doubt when my brother had a big fat CD play, player and and I ain't understand some of the stuff, you know. But again, Jay, his his signing and stuff was late. He got signed when he was close to 30. So I'm a kid trying to understand 30-year-old rap. But as I got older, in my 20s, I started saying, oh, this is what he was talking about. Oh, this is what he was saying. So it didn't, it didn't match it didn't match up until I got older. But yeah, I would go and be here and uh and and, and go listen to uh, Calvin Harris. Go listen to Diplo. I'll go straight from the studio. I don't even sometimes leaving the studio, I don't listen to no music. I just want to hear the sounds of the earth and hearing what's going on, the birds chirping or the, yeah. the, the cars driving. Like that's music to me too. Like I feel like life is 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 like it's compatible to to the music. You know what I'm saying? It dictates the temperature in the neighborhood. To me, if the dude put out a song, we robbing, we killing, we rob. That's what everybody gonna do in the summertime. But mm-hmm. if everybody having a good time and enjoying themselves and the, the records and they feel good to your soul, oh, we cooking out, we at the barbecue, we yeah. bop. That's the energy that's going to do to the to the public, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, Damon. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. How can people find you online if they want to find you? Oh, uh, man, you can find me at Damon Blue. That's D-A-M-O-N-D. Please put it right here. D-A-M-O-N-D-B-L-U-E. On Instagram, you can follow me on Twitter at BusyWorking. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y, working, spelled correctly. Um, and all on your, all on each site, um, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Go Make sure you go get my album, VSOP. That's out right now on all platforms. It's going crazy. We got features from Young Thug, Moneybag Yo, TK Kravitz, and a whole list of other people. Also, be on the lookout. For my uh, youth organization, Beats Not Bullets, we yeah. are syndicating it all over the place. Uh, we probably do some um, ventures with uh, hit pieces, well, in the future. Um, but right now, we're just focusing on getting the kids locked in for the summertime. And we want to engage this all year round. So shout out to my man, Kevin Beasley over there that's running everything, running the show, keeping it going uh, while, I'm, while I'm still charting out my vision. But uh, yeah, Beats Not Bullets is amazing. Damon Blue, follow me on all your social media sites, man. It's going up. New music on the way. Look out for my album, Between Me and You. It's crazy. That's the first time I plugged this on here, so be on the lookout for everybody. And everything that I'm doing, rest in peace to my dog, Eastside. Rest in peace to all the real ones. Free my brother, Danny Blue. Free all the real ones. That's locked down. Cool. Damon, thanks so much for your time, man. We'll talk soon, okay? For sure, though. You already know, Roy. Love.